Hey, welcome to Lux, the podcast. I'm Margot Morin, America's Catholic sweetheart. I'm Simon Antonio, and I am Joseph with an empty tomb. <laughs> oh, poor Joseph. Yeah. What a bittersweet, right? He was like, oh, I gave you my tomb, and you're not even he using knew. it. Rude. He, he was like, oh, you said he's going to rise to de- uh, in three days. You can use my tomb. Oh, my gosh, you're right. He's a shrewd businessman. Yeah, never trusted oh. Joseph. Never a Joseph. So not true. (laughs) Don't listen to Steven. Hey, Steven, how are you? Welcome to Lux. Yes, I'm doing great. Uh, The sun is out. Easter is over. Well, at least the Sunday. Uh, But doing great. Doing great. I really had a a fun uh, Easter with my family. It was really one of the best. Um, Uh, Did you have mozzarella? Uh, we did have mozzarella uh, and the antipast, and we had lasagne, uh-huh. and we had uh, lamb and sausages and, and uh, hot pep, and, and you... roasted roast pep, roast and pep. and then and we had bunny cake. I don't know if you have ever had bunny oh, cake. Oh, I know before. the bunny cake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. our it was very funny. My cousins were all talking about how great the bunny cake was. And really? Just, it was it was comical. They're they're hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to like put a mic in the middle of the table and just. You should have. I know. Um, did your family carry a Mary statue down the street at top speed at all? <laughs> no, they did not. But they do that in their hometown of. Uh, Brutzi's the county, but I don't even know what town it is. But yeah, yeah. Check my socials to know that joke. Listener, that... Steven's got some weird Catholic roots that we didn't even know about. My cousin is there, and uh, she recorded it, and and she sent it to the family. And I said, so Mary saw Jesus, so is there two more weeks of spring? She never answered my Uh, question. (laughs) So... Oh my gosh. We'll just be in spring for two more more weeks. (laughs) Uh, so, listener, if you've made it through, through this madness so far, you'll know that this is Lux, the podcast. We listen to the upcoming Sunday Gospel. L. We, that's L. We understand it. You. That's you. And then we talk about our own personal experiences. X. Around it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'd love to hear from you what your thoughts are on the Gospel. Yeah. You can always reach out to us. We'll tell you how at the end. But we always start... With an icebreaker. With an icebreaker. Okay, so we cool. always start with an icebreaker, and here it is. Tell us your favorite place to meet up with your friends and how many keys you usually carry. Okay. Great questions. Great. I'm, like, I'm ready to break the ice. Um, okay. <laughs> the best place that I like to meet up with my friends is my place. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have... I have two sets of keys. I have work keys and then I have Steve keys. Okay. And um, I only have my car keys because my house, my house is smart. So I don't carry around my house. Right. Yeah. Wait, what if the power goes out? Um, I rent from my rentals. So okay. uh, they have connections to my apartment if, if need be. Is it like but a I do think I have or something? I'm not going to disclose how to open my house on okay. the web. Oh, all right. I'm just kidding. Now, you, I think the question was how many keys you carry usually. So do you want to answer that question? So as it one was... when it's personal. Uh-huh. One when it's personal. And, okay. then, and then maybe four when I'm at. Four. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Um, 
my favorite place to meet up with friends is at you love keys i don't love keys my favorite place to meet up with people is at any restaurant i love going to a restaurant yeah around Um, 4 p.m yes because i refuse to wait in line for dinner I'm too old for that. And I also have work keys and home keys. My work keys, three. My home keys, two or three. I don't even know. I should really say good look. Don't you have a fob? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what are the keys for? Well, it's my house key. Oh, I see what you're saying. saying yeah. It's a really good opening question. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. <laughs> um, so today we are in the Gospel of John. Which, look, I'm starting to feel bad at how bad I am treating John. We went really hard. I know. I've been really negative about poor old Johnny. And we're talking about the second Sunday of Easter, a.k.a. Divine Mercy Sunday. And we'll talk about Divine Mercy later. Well, we'll just glance on it. It'll be fine. Okay. Okay, So I'm going to read you John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. That's the scripture. And it goes a little something like this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and bring your hand, and put it to my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered him and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through his belief, you may have life in his name. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts about this? What stands out to you? Uh, Thomas called Didymus. Yeah. Why just call him Didymus? So, because we don't speak that language, Didymus means twin. Oh. And a little something I learned, so does Thomas. Thomas means twin. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, that is something. Yeah. Uh, love. I love this thing. 
You do? What are we talking? What are we talking about? The Gospels? I this love is a reading. Yeah, Gospel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I never noticed that he said receive the Holy Spirit at that moment. I thought it was only at the Pentecost. Ah, okay. And but I do love a Thomas because I am a person that likes to see to believe. So okay. I we always call him Doubting Thomas. Doubting the Doubting Twin. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't know how I feel about the word doubting. Yeah, so this is, put the finger in my side. I want to see his hands. I love it. Yeah, it kind of bugs me. This is what we were talking about before mm. I got distracted. It bugs me that we identify him with doubt. Yeah, the only right? one that, yeah, the only one because with doubt. Because if you look at this reading, like Jesus busts right in the, in the mm-hmm. first part to the disciples and shows them his hands and his side. They don't yeah. even have to ask. So like- right. I don't know. Maybe they would say that too if they hadn't seen it. And this is a classic like friend group situation where like a plan is made, but someone's not there, but they should be included, but you don't because it's just like in the moment. Uh, Yeah. So we can all relate to Thomas in this situation. Just Thomas, you should have been here. Yeah. He's like, I was just getting, I was getting takeout (laughs) for you all. (laughs) But, um, so he so back to jesus on him breathing on him like do you think it was like a blowing out christmas candles blowing or (laughs) like a big ha well i can tell you he control wind (laughs) i can tell you that in the creation story oh yes right god breathed life into adam and eve So it's a metaphor. It is probably, it's, oh my gosh, there's like little dirt bikes riding on. Can you hear them? I cannot, no. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a reference, right? Okay. Oh, it's, it's back like, to reference. Yeah, it's like, um, oh, where have we heard this before? This mm-hmm. breathing life into someone, breathing spirit, you know? So you... So do you think that they received the Holy Spirit the same way we received the Holy Spirit? What do you mean? Do you think that they they received the Holy Spirit as we do? Uh, like that connection? I'm not sure how to answer that. I think, uh-huh. well, let's say this. I think that one of Jesus' whole jobs on earth, like his whole purpose, mm-hmm. was to connect us to God, right? To give us yeah. access to God. Who had already always been there. Yeah, always, yeah. And the spirit is sort of that medium. That's how the spirit sort of makes that connection alive, right? And um, as for us, though, like, I feel like this is a, maybe this is like the moment that the disciples got the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that the spirit was never not with us. Oh, yeah, yeah. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like Ruha, yes. Yeah, yeah. But maybe maybe they connected to the Spirit for the first time. Yeah. Like that being received. Yeah. And do you think they receive the Holy Spirit like we can? Are you asking me if I think we can receive the Holy Spirit like they did? Yes. So, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I absolutely believe that we can... I mean, I think we always, the spirit is always with us. We're 
right. at very yeah. least by our baptism, we're welcomed into that divine light. We're given the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that receiving, right? right. There is that. Right. The receiving of the gift. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's cool because, you know, a lot of these stories are like miracles and things that we haven't seen in our lives. So it's really yeah. cool that we could receive the Holy Spirit just as his friends did. Right. At this time. Yeah. But it wasn't enough because cut to Pentecost, but maybe this is just a small group and then it's going to be still a bigger group later on. You know what? You're making me think. Okay. <laughs> like we talk about, when we talk about the church, the church's birthday kind of being Holy Thursday, right? Oh. And then we also talk about the church because that's the, the last supper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the start of that Eucharistic feast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we also talk about Pentecost being the birthday of the church, right? Yeah. But I wonder if this maybe is kind of a birthday of the yeah. church, right? Well, we like, already have two, so why not three? Right. Like there's Jesus breathing the spirit into this group of disciples. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is because he says, right? He says, receive the spirit whose sin you, you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. And he says, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I send you. Send you. Yes. So maybe we're supposed to see it as like more of a group thing than an individual thing. Oh yeah. I agree right? with that. I agree with that. And there's like a person who didn't experience it then doubts it mm-hmm. and then needs to experience it. Right. Which is what we've been talking about about the past few weeks of just yeah. always that experience come first. Yeah. <sighs> I like it. This is a good this is this is nice. Yeah. Different different take. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it was funny. I, I uh, played a, a vidya for the children um, at Wondrous Stories, and it and it spoke about this uh, time as well. And the kids noticed that Jesus had holes in his hands oh, in the cartoon. Yeah. And I was like, isn't that cool? I was like, isn't that really cool that they did that? <laughs> that is like very that. cool. I, so. Can I tell you that I thought when I was a kid, I had a, I got, had a chicken pox scar on the back of one hand right here. It's like a dot. Mm-hmm. And so I thought all hands had dots on the back because me, Mickey Mouse. Oh yes, yeah. And Jesus, we all had dots on the back. Right. Okay. <laughs> so whenever I would draw a hand, I would do a, a dot. Oh, I, dot? They oh, I love that for you. <laughs> That's great. Now you know which ones you did. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, so it's... tell me this. How do you think? Like, do you get a feel for how Jesus feels about Thomas in this story? Like, how does he feel about this whole situation? Do you have a guess? He also welcomed him with the peace be with you. Yes. So he's, he's coming right. and welcoming. Yeah. Don't you love that? Like, it's not like, hmm, sucks yeah. to be you, Thomas. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he welcomes them the same way that he welcomes the other ones. Yeah. This is maybe the answer to your question before. Like, yes, the invitation is always there. It doesn't always, you don't have to be there on time. You don't have to arrive with everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. You can be ready when you're ready and you can need what you need to um, believe. And still God is offering you that peace. And he has a message for us right there. When Jesus says to him, have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. 
Yeah. Tell me what you think about that. That's everyone else that has come to faith after this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. And we're blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. So wait, you're telling me that he is like talking about us in that yeah. bit when he says blessed are those who come to believe? Yes, Margot. I know that you have tried to make a, a Jesus toast many a times, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I mean, he, I think that should be added on to the Beatitudes right Ooh. at the end. Whoa. Whoa. Steven Antonio rewriting the Bible. Lucky. I love it. And I also love how they um they continued to be like, and he also did other things, but like we, we don't have time. We have, you know. <laughs> All right. Yada yada yada. Yeah. <laughs> There's an earthquake. No, that's not we're in, we're in John, not in Matthew. Yeah. He's like, what? and he did other things, and it's not written in this book, so move yeah. along. I'm but like, you know what? Yeah. I just had a it's kind of like the end of Hunger Hunger Games that like clearly she needed to wrap things up real quick so it didn't end up really well. <laughs> tell me <laughs> this what what stands out to you about this bit where is it he says receive the holy spirit who sins you forgive or forgiven yeah. them see it's always about retain. it's like about us right go on like we, we he's always calling us to be better um you know people probably will take this and be like we're gonna do we got to sin or we got to forgive. So God will forgive us. But that's really mm -hmm. not the case. It's just that it's a, I think it's a moment where he is telling us that we all kind of have our own things going on. Yeah. That we should be more loving in that sense. Yeah. 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 That it's not necessarily like we forgive others so that God will forgive us. It's more like uh, that our sins are no greater than anyone else's sin. And probably the sins that we haven't been given is probably something that needs to be internalized with us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably like our thing that we need to work on. Yeah. I think most people, um, most Christians, when they read this, I think they may say, Oh, God's given us the power to forgive sins or to not forgive sins. Right. Right. Yeah. It's and, kind of like the Our Father ending, right? Like trespasses. Yeah, that's the kind of opposite. That's like, forgive us, you know, like we forgive everyone. Yeah. yeah. But then this bit here about sins, whose sins you retain are retained. Like if retaining is the opposite of forgiving, right? Yeah. Then I think a lot of people would read this and say, oh, this is why the church decides whether my sins are forgiven or not. This is the church's oh. power to forgive my sins or not, or someone else's sins. And because I'm part of the church, I get that power too. Oh, right? interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't take it that way. I may be in the past. Yeah. But now I, I, I think it's more like um, I make fun of somebody or I um, dislike someone because I'm just, they're disorganized, but then mm -hmm. I'm okay with my own disorganization. Oh, interesting. Like it's, it's the sins that you retained. Yeah. Like I feel like, I don't know, we have the same humor. Yeah. So it's fine that she made fun of that person, but like, no, it's really not. Right. You know? Oh, man. I think can, it's more internal. You can see this is like a slippery slope, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. About well, deciding. Right, when, you, when you take a sentence and no context and, right. you know, you just focus on it. Yeah. That can, that can happen. Yeah. I, I want to tell you, I found this little bit of scholarship here. It says, the first appearance, Jesus's first appearance ended 
with Mary announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, right? Mm. And then telling them what Jesus had told her. So the fact that the disciples are in a locked room, afraid of the Jews, and we'll get back to that in a second, suggests that Mary's testimony had little effect on them. (laughs) I think that's interesting, right? Hmm, Classic. As far as the thing about like the church being able to forgive sins or not, right? I found this interesting thing. Let me see where I can... Uh-huh. Okay, so so this one scholar says the proof of the physical resurrection. So the reason we believe that Jesus rose from the dead physically, mm-hmm. it lies in the changed lives of the disciples. Mm. So he says, when this scared, frightened band of the apostles, which was just about to throw everything away in order to flee, in despair to Galilee, when these peasants, shepherds, and fishermen who betrayed and denied their master and then failed him miserably suddenly could be changed overnight into a confident mission society, convinced of salvation and able to work with much more success after Easter than before Easter, then no vision or hallucination is sufficient to explain such a revolutionary transformation wow right that is good i know i love that wow right because we always make fun of them too yeah it's kind of like the three stooges in the first half and then they (laughs) become like martyr they they become martyrs in the second half yeah isn't it like i know i it's such a because a lot of people i've heard people say like oh they definitely were seeing things yeah yeah but then that that wouldn't change your life to be confident. Right. No be, toast. No Jesus on toast is yeah. going to make you And go writing ahead and, letters and, and convert all these people. Right. Yeah. And risk your life, really. Right. Isn't that cool? That's really, really cool. Who said that? A scholar you said? That is um, Pinchus Lapide. <laughs> oh, okay. The book is called The Resurrection of Jesus, A Jewish Perspective. So this is a guy who's not a Christian. Oh, I see. He believes in the physical resurrection because of the way their lives were changed. Okay, I have another quote for you. Ready? Yeah, hit me. (laughs) Thomas doubted in order to become sure. When he did become sure, his surrender to certainty was complete. If a man, or assuming also a woman, or whoever... Uh, fights his way through his doubts to the conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord, they have attained a certainty that the man who unthinkingly accepts can never reach. So because he questioned, his faith Mm -hmm. and his surrender was deeper. When he got the answer. Yeah. And he got certainty that was deeper than anyone who just accepts without oh, proof. Yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah that's huge isn't that great yeah because if you you need you put up a wall when you doubt you like mm-hmm. you know you try to like all of a sudden you you're there trying to figure it out and like loopholes 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 and then if you fill them all in yeah you're like okay well good I'm, yeah I'm yeah and so thomas is the hero here well thomas believes what he sees once he sees it yeah. And he's certain. And that author is trying to say, like, anyone who 
just goes like, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord. I don't need to see any proof. I don't need anything. I don't need to feel anything or see anything or yeah. see any evidence. That's not really faith, right? That's right. not a true right. faith. It's, that's you, there's, there's always a leap. You always have to that leap. Yeah. So that's what that's what Thomas did in this part is his his doubt from that it was really Jesus. Yeah. Or even even doubting his own brothers, right? Right. Right. I don't think he was doubting Jesus. I think he was just doubting his brothers. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Oh, that's so cool. I know. So like the doubters should and I know this and you know this, but the doubters should be involved in the conversations. Should be asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Absolutely. And we should be comfortable with that. Yeah. And if we're not, we probably have to explore those doubts too. If we're not, we're not really being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like if we think that for in order to be Christian, you have to be sure without any evidence. Yeah. Then that's that's crazy. That's right. Crazy talk. I just had some adults that went that received sacraments at the Easter Vigil, and um, I always like cautious them. Like you're not supposed to know everything before. Yeah. Right. Like it's supposed to be part of your journey. Yeah. And, um, and so I was, so we'll, so we'll see, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens after. Just to be here now. Right. Yep. Yep. And if you have questions, I'm here to ask, answer questions, but like, yeah. don't let that be, don't let that stop you from continuing. Right. Right. Yeah. I've had those conversations with, with new Christians too, mm-hmm. new Catholics. I remember a friend of our, our mutual friend of ours on her, the day before her, you know, coming into the church, she was yep. like, can we meet for coffee? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So we met for coffee and she was like, I just, I don't know everything. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Like, this is your, this is not graduation. This is your first day of kindergarten. Yeah. Right. Like just come in and see. Yeah. But That's very cool. It's also great for it's also great for the believers too to see it too because it shouldn't just be like oh they're joining us it's more like oh we need to explore more right yeah I love that all Um, right you have a quote or something something no I promise you we'd go back to afraid of the Jews oh yes yes so John there are a lot of scholars who are trying to figure out how they can talk about the gospel how they can work with the gospel of John or Mm -hmm. proclaim it. When there are things like for fear of the Jews or afraid of the Jews sprinkled throughout the text, right? Mm-hmm. And what's annoying about this is that like they were all Jews. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, these people yeah. who were afraid of the Jews were Jews. So mm-hmm. there's obviously some nuance missing here, right? Mm-hmm. So there's actually our bo- my boss at work just gave us a list of places in the Gospel of John where you can where you should well they can we can't probably, but they can like substitute words. So where you say afraid of the Jews, then you might instead say if afraid of the religious leaders or the temple leaders or the, the police or something, you know what I mean? Or the Romans. Well, I guess you wouldn't say Romans for Jews, but like they're saying you should be specific because it doesn't right. even make sense to just be like, oh, the Jews, yeah. right? So I, I just want to say that there is some scholarship being done on this. Like John says some stupid stuff like that. Yeah. And yep. 
it's important to kind of reckon with that. Yeah, because he's kind of simplifying it. Like there's an invocation that you know what he's talking about. Right. But he really is talking about the leadership of the temple. You're exactly right. But he could have just said Pharisees and he could have just said right. Sadducees. Yep, you're exactly yeah. right. So I have a note here that says, for fear of the Jews, meaning the Jewish authorities, the temple authorities. Lots, yeah. There's lots of Jew, the Jews language in John, reflecting the author's belief that Jesus was or became something other than Jewish. He was writing to believers at a time when Christianity was splitting off definitively from their Jewish roots. Interesting. So he's writing so he some separation to, there. Yeah, he wants a line. Yeah. Sand. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, John. Thanks. Way to go, John. First Thomas, now John. <laughs> First Joseph with his tomb. Right? Poor Joseph. So Divine Mercy, we should just talk about this before we wrap up here. You a big fan? Uh, no comment. I have to say that Divine Mercy um, is a little bit of a magic trick because there's always um, images that pop up in churches at any time, at any moment. Yeah. You'll have an 8 by 10 or a uh, business card image yeah. of the Divine Mercy left at your church. Yeah, true. So, listener, Divine Mercy is a devotion, really. It's about um, a vision that a Polish saint had of Jesus who asked her to spread her devotion to divine mercy. Divine mercy is just the idea that God's mercy exists, right? For us. Mm -hmm. So she... Some people had, call it mercy. Right. Uh, she was a nun who had a bunch of apparitions and wrote a diary in her visions there's just, it's a lot, it's gory and it's doomy oh. and there's a lot of hell and agony and let's say that, okay? And so while like divine mercy as an idea, really wonderful. I'm pro the mercy pro. of God. Pro that idea. Yes. Absolutely. I am, as you probably know, a little suspicious of apparitions. We're just being Thomases. Who claim to speak for Jesus. Mm -hmm. So... Like for, and, and this just for instance, she wrote that Jesus specified that three o'clock PM each day is an hour at which mercy is best received. So that's the time we should pray. I can see why you do not. I have an issue with that. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Putting, putting a box right. around mercy. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that makes me, that makes my skin crawl. Yep. And I really believe like we would not be hearing about divine mercy at all, except that Pope John Paul II was a big fan. And um, he was the one who added this Sunday to the calendar on the second yeah. Sunday of, of Easter. So uh, anyone who Kowalska, the, the, the nun, the saint Faustina stated in her diary that anyone who participates in the Mass and receives the sacraments of confession and the Eucharist on this day is assured by Jesus a full remission of their sins and punishments from, of hell. You just reminded me about this. Yeah. I blocked it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. I get like a physical reaction to this kind of stuff. It's, yes. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like it becomes know. it becomes a checkoff list. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes we can control God. 
Exactly. Who's By the our power in the story? Exactly. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of loop back to the question I asked you about how Jesus said to the disciples, "You can forgive sins or you cannot," and how how the church mm-hmm. believes then. And Sister Saint Faustina apparently agrees that the church has the power Mm -hmm. to decide when mercy is given and when it's not. Right? Maybe it is fitting that it's on this day. But I want to read you this quote. So this is from Robert Capon. Just so you know, it says the church is not in the morals business. The world is in the morals business, quite rightfully, and it has done a fine job of it, all things considered. The history of the world's moral codes is a monument to the labors of of many philosophers, and it is a monument of striking unity and beauty. As C.S. Lewis said, anyone who thinks the moral codes of mankind are all that they're all different should be locked up in a library and be made to read three days worth of them. He would be bored silly by the sheer sameness. What the world cannot get right, however, is the forgiveness business. And that, of course, is the church's real job. She is in the world to deal with the sin which the world can't turn off or escape from. She is not in the business of telling the world what's right and wrong so that it can do good and avoid evil. She is in the business of offering to a world which knows all about the tiresome subject forgiveness for its chronic unwillingness to take its own advice but the minute that the church even hints that morals and not forgiveness is the name of her game she instantly corrupts the gospel and runs headlong into blatant nonsense ready bringing it home the church becomes not misforgiven sinner but misright christianity becomes the good guys in here versus the bad guys out there which is of course pure tripe. The church is nothing but the world under the sign of baptism. So hmm. he's saying the church, the, the world has morals. The world knows yeah. what's right and what's yeah. wrong. Yeah. They're good people outside of church. Yeah. And the church's job yeah. is not to say what's right and wrong. It's to forgive. It's to forgive. Because we're all going to yeah. screw it up. Imagine what the church would be like if we really took that seriously. Yeah, there would be transformation. Transformational. Transformational. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would. Like, if we, who is it that says this? Oh, I think it's Nikki. For forgiveness. Nikki um, from Alpha says Mm -hmm. the churches should be famous for how they love. Yeah. And nowadays, the church is more famous for who it doesn't love. Yeah. Right? And that is why I love to be a leader in the church so I can bring change. Yeah, me too. And be the underdog yeah. of it all. Yeah. Ooh, those are good quotes this week, Margo. Yeah. Steven, any last thoughts on this? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good quote. Yeah, this is a good one. If you like this quote and all the quotes that we have said today, you can find it on Margot's website, which is margomorin.com. It's M-A-R-D-O-M-O-R-I-N.com. And you can find out uh, Lux is what you're looking for. It's a program she gives. Uh, she writes up each week about the Sunday's gospel. Okay. Yeah, this is it. We're done. You want, right? you want to do my website? I just did your website. Oh, Stephen also has a website. C-E-V-E-N-A-N. T-O-N-I-O dot com, right? 
SamantHantonio.com. And you can find him on all the socials everywhere yes. except Mastodon. I don't think he's gone full yeah. Mastodon Twitter. yet. Oh, on Twitter. You're not on Twitter. Oh my gosh, you're missing so much. No, you send me all the good parts. That's true. That's it's true. what I do for you for TikTok. Yeah, that's true. We have a good sharing religion yeah. relationship in that Some way. Some people share passwords for yep. streaming. We share we social share media sites. The best of the best media. of exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I hope that you share this podcast with yeah. all your friends that would enjoy a conversation about the Sunday's gospel. Join us each and every week. But enjoy this Easter season. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Listener, happy Easter. Come back again. We'll see you next time on Lux, the podcast. The podcast.